0: How much time, till we're on? Get on, Ron! What? We're
1: on the air right
0: now. I'm ready. Good evening, I'm Ron Burgundy. Here's what's going on in your world tonight.
2: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Now it's courtney vine looks cool vine scores and australia are into the semi-finals courtney vine has done it australia a mighty victory and the matildas are scaling new heights great work
3: daddy bass now if you're not excited you are not australian tonight because we are two hours away from potentially one of the great dates on the Australian sporting calendar. This is Sports Day with Sats and normally Rat uh, or Woogie or Daddy Vass, and um, like I said, one of a great sporting moments could potentially be in our path very, very soon. Cannot wait. I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm going through all the range of emotions now. England stand their way, of course. They're ranked fourth in the world currently. Australia in tenth. We've done a great. Ta- we've uh, got across a great task up until now. And the good part about Australia is that one of England's best players, Lauren James, still suspended after being red carded for stomping against Nigeria. So the ball is in our court, pardon the pun. Now, who's going to join me tonight on the show on Sports Day? Matty Rogers? Not available. Woogie Matthews? Not available. All, all about to listen to the soccer on SEN, okay? Mm. All preparing wrapping their house in green and gold. So we went and asked some guy on the street at the cafe. No good. So we've settled on former NRL ball-playing front rower, back-rower, and first-grade cricket player as well, the kid from Cootamundra, Jimmy Smith. How are you, Jimmy?
0: Oh, there we go. You've scraped the bottom of the barrel, haven't you, boys? Does this mean... Does this mean I'm a token Queenslander for tonight? Token? Does that mean I have well, to get all, no. All all irrational. No, about no, no, genuinely absolutely rational things, no.
3: Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Because I'm going to say, welcome to all our listeners throughout the Super Radio Network, our SEN frequencies through Sydney and Gold Coast and Brisbane and the regional areas. Fanatic SEN app if you're listening on the podcast at a later date. Welcome to the show, and of course our new listeners through SENZ and all the frequencies across the country in New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Sports Day. But most importantly, Jimmy, welcome to the Sports Day family.
0: I feel like I know this family very well. I've listened to you guys for a lot of years now uh, through all the different permutations. I know you've uh, knifed Badge, so he's Love gone. Love yeah. so yeah. Permutations, yeah, like yeah it. good one. Yeah. Um, uh, but often uh, gets a run in my car when I'm... Uh, driving somewhere about this time, so an absolute privilege to be a part of it, Scott. On what could be an incredible night, literally in the history of Australian sport, and I don't think that's taking things too far.
3: I don't think you are at all. I don't. I think everyone no. would agree. And like I said, you're not Australian if you do not agree with your your comments just then. Now you can hear all the action tonight on SEN from seven pm. We're going to be getting all the the latest news when it comes to team lineups very very soon as we. Always ask you as listeners, get involved in the show, 0457 736 736. And for our New Zealand listeners, double eight double three. You can also call in, 1300 01 1170. We know who's going to call in first. And we're going to try and get to him very soon. And that is you, Glenn, of course. And also want to thank Kia, official partner of the Women's World Cup 2023. World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness. Now on the show tonight, former Matilda Alicia Canavis is going to join us very, very soon. I caught up with her earlier on. Mackenzie Arnold's former coach, Paul Jones, Jimmy Smith. This is going to be an interesting one because he coached Mackenzie Arnold for nine years and we see what the finished product is.
0: It's outstanding. Well, the the finished product is incredible. Now playing over there with West Ham in the Super League, uh, the English Super League. So uh, that's a real feature of this squad compared to last time. Last time... Uh, You'll remember Timmy Russell, the blockbusting Roosters' second rower. Uh, Last time a Women's World Cup was on, I was sitting in a sports bar in a place called Kosice, the second largest city in Slovakia. Uh, He was there for his wedding, and I was there to attend the wedding and then uh, watched the World Cup final with myself, Bruce Sinclair, and his wife, Nicole, uh, just the three of us in this sports bar in uh, Kosice. Uh, Here we are four years later, and it's a very different Matilda squad. In that squad in 2019, there was one player who played European football. Now, in this squad, there's 16 players. So, just goes to show the growth of women's football, the opportunities that exist, especially over in Europe, especially in the UK. Mackenzie Arnold is one of those. Feels like a little bit of a late bloomer, Sats, Uh, Having done a bit of uh, research on Paul Jones, the feeling is that it was never quite serious enough for Mackenzie until she got serious. And when she got serious, she's one of the best in the world.
3: Yep, absolutely. Now, you provided this content, which, oh, I love your commitment to the show, Jimmy. Okay, before we get to Alicia Carnarvist, this is Richard Miles, the Australian Minister for Defence. He's handing over the keys.
0: Since Saturday night, I have been inundated with texts and emails. There have been calls from the media. And so I want... The nation to know that I have heard Australia's message. Tonight our country faces a grave threat and it comes from the old enemy and I know that I am unable to meet the moment and so this afternoon is my solemn duty to resign as Australia's Minister for Defence and I've handed my commission to Mackenzie Arnold. As Australia expects, I know that in this hour she will do us proud. I simply ask one thing: that tomorrow morning, can you please give me back the keys? Go, Matildas! Good stuff. <laughs> Great humour. Hey, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna ask you a bit of a pop quiz. Sats, I know you love your old uh, old style rugby league. right? Yeah, Who yeah. did the legendary Jack Gibson anoint as the minister for defence in his Parramatta Reals premiership sides of 81, 82, 83?
3: Wasn't Stumpy Stevens, was it? No.
0: It wasn't Stumpy Stevens. Wasn't
3: Stumpy Stevens, minister for defence. No.
2: Mm.
0: Minister for defence. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I'll say Peter Sterling in his book said he this guy had no right to play for Australia given his skill level. Yep. But that his attitude was everything. Minister for defence. Tell me. Uh, for a pick of the board, Ron Hilditch.
3: Ron Hilditch.
0: Wow. Ronnie Hitman Hilditch. Yeah, nice. he was his Minister for Defence.
3: Good stuff. Now, Jimmy, I love how you, you like to come. I listen to your show every day, and I like how you come up with your different funny topics for the listeners. So what do you come up for the show? What do you come up with?
0: How are you showing your colours, peoples? What have you done? What are you doing? Uh, what have you bought? What have you got? What's the house look like? What's the car look like? What are you adorned in?
3: Well, I've What's got to say, Jimmy, I saw a dog this morning that was spray-painted yellow and gold. <laughs>
0: What was the owner doing the night before? That might, <laughs> that might help. Wasn't it Bondi around Fletcher's house nah, or anything? it was, was it? not. No, it no, was not. Right. Okay. Only cavoodles okay. around yeah. there.
3: This wasn't a cavoodle. <laughs>
0: uh, like what it. have you done? Yeah. So, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an admission here. I don't think it's going to surprise anyone. You know that uh, – and I know that your number one game is rugby league, so mm-hmm. too with me. I've watched more women's football in the last four weeks than I have in a lifetime. Agree. But I'm enjoying I'm enjoying every minute of it.
3: It's like the NRLW. It's just raw and fast. I love it. Yep. Love it. Yep. So there you go. There's the phone. How are you showing your colours today? Or how have you shown your colours today? Are you, are you on the way to Stadium Australia listening to the show? And tell us, what are the scenes like? Texas us 0457 736 736. And for our Kiwi listeners, double AA33, double who's training you on? Are you on the Australian train or are you on the English train? Also, we've got this tonight, Jimmy.
4: Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into
3: this. This has got to be. Someone's got to be accountable for this. Yeah, exactly. And uh, also, there still is a National Rugby League that is going on as of tomorrow night. And Craig Fishgibbon caught up with Matty Rogers and I. Earlier on, they're playing the Cowboys tomorrow night. Very important game for both sides. So he's going to be coming up a little bit later on. Now, before we go any further, earlier on, I caught up with former Matilda's player, Alicia Canavis. This is how our chat went earlier on. How are you, Alicia? I'm good, Scott. How are you? This
5: fine Sydney and nationwide afternoon. It's a big one. I feel it
3: everywhere. It is so massive. You know, (laughs) Just to see people walking down the street and wearing green and gold to work today and as, as an ex-Matilda, what are the range of emotions that you've been going through over these last two or three weeks?
5: It's really funny. This is the first game I've had my husband in town with me at all, and he thinks I'm a bit weird because <laughs> it's literally like my brain's gone into pre-match mode as an athlete. I, I feel nothing. I'm very calm and cool and collected and just focused on what's ahead. And he's going, aren't you excited? Don't you see everyone walking around? Like the green and gold's amazing and... I just, it's very different for, I think, the past players, but equally exciting. And if anything, I've just felt so much pride, thinking I would have never imagined this here at home. It's simply sensational.
3: Did you shed a tear on Saturday
5: night? uh, No, I was more stressed than than about the emotions. I think I could actually breathe finally after Courtney converted that wonderful penalty. But I think um, the emotions probably set in more so the next day, just the magnitude, I guess, of, of the achievement. And I think now tonight with this semi-final, the world's our oyster at the moment. And a result will obviously see us in the final. And um, what a moment if that's the case.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I woke up Sunday morning hoping it wasn't Saturday morning. It was one of those feelings. You know, thinking, yeah. was that all a dream last night? It was just so exciting. Now, before we get you to answer this, yesterday t- uh, Coach Tony Gustafsson hinted that Matildas will have an unchanged lineup. Listen to this.
1: When it comes specifically to Sam, she pushed through more minutes than we hoped for, to be honest. Uh, One of the reasons why we kept her on the bench was that we were uncertain how many minutes she had coming back from from that calf injury, but also the limited training minutes she had. And the way she pushed through was fantastic and impressive, both from a mental and physical aspect. She recovered well. Uh, She trained today. She's available. There'll be a, a meeting tonight again to see best starting 11 and best finishing 11 and whether we plan for 90 minutes or plan for an extra time. And... Those type of decisions will be some tough decisions tonight again, but Sam is definitely available for selection.
3: What are you thinking? Any late mail there? Alicia, do you think they should will start from the bench? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you. If you're England, what don't you want to see? Yeah. Do you want to see – you don't want to see Sam Kerr starting or warming up 20 minutes into the game? Uh,
5: personally, if I'm England, um, I'm not too worried either way because they're going to have to manage her at some point in the match, whether it's the start or the end. It doesn't matter. And it's more about if she's coming on at the end, can they maintain her and still have the engines to maintain her coming in at the back end? So I think if I'm England, the preference would be to see her from the start and work her out early. I actually think Tony will surprise us and she'll start tonight. I've been a huge advocate for keeping the starting eleven. Um, because they've done a great job and if it's not broke, why fix it? It's sort of my mentality with, with the strategy. But I actually think tonight of all night, she does need to start, particularly with how threatening she's been in the English Premier League, the Women's Super League mm. over for Chelsea. So I think... It's a great opportunity for her if she is available and fit to start. And if she can give us a good 60, 70 minutes, that will be enough for us to get the job done. She
3: had an immediate effect when she came on, didn't she, on Saturday night. Now, the come-down factor, it's hard to balance that energy. And and what I mean by that is the Matildas versus Ireland, and then we face Nigeria and we had our pants pulled down. Now, will the Matildas feel a sense of trying to balance that that energy, do you think, or do you think they ride the wave of energy and, and use it to your advantage?
5: I think it's a combination of both. I mean, it, you mentally have to be strong enough to be able to regroup and, and go again, and that's really, really difficult. People talk about confidence off the back of wins, and I think sometimes, just like you said, getting the balance now of of patting yourself on the back, but it, being able to, to re-inject and go again onto the next match, which is really important, is a big one. Um, so for me, I think they're quite a grounded group. They would have... Um, collected thoughts and I saw a few of them on their way to Sydney at the airport um, on Sunday morning and and they looked um, in good spirits and, and things were pretty relaxed. So I dare say that's happened already and they'll be looking to do what we all thought was the unthinkable and try and get Australia through to a World Cup final berth, which will be sensational.
3: Short turnarounds is a good thing also, I think, Alicia, the Saturday through to Wednesday, it's, I suppose it doesn't give you time to think too much. Now, we had numerous opportunities in the quarterfinal versus France, failed to convert in regular yeah. time. Is, is, is that still some of the areas that we need to tidy up on? Is that something you think Gustafson would have focused on throughout the, the last four or five days?
5: Yeah, I think so, and I think where we are really good as a team um, is when we score early or we're able to just get in front and get the confidence up. We saw it against Canada, just scoring quite early was good, and then against the Danes as well. So that allowed a bit of, I guess, freedom to play after that initial goal in both of those games, and you could just see the game start to open up throughout the remaining minutes of the match. I think where we've we've battled it out, i.e. with Ireland or Similarly, with with France on the weekend, that's when things can get a little bit um, touch and go, and obviously nerves start to set in. So, I think Tony would be looking to get the preference, obviously, is to score early and then start to build into the game and and make England chase the game. They mm-hmm. don't like to chase games. They they also like to be quite comfortable and um, grind out wins. So if the Matildas can get ahead early, I think that will
3: be the goal. Well, I'll touch on that. They snuck past... Colum- um, Columbia. Columbia, they did. They snuck we- past Columbia, England, yeah. Um, yeah. conceded the first goal, but but uh, they've got a couple of handy Lionesses not playing tonight. So for the listeners that yeah. aren't really uh, across the, the Lionesses' side, just give us a bit of intel into those, those players that aren't playing tonight for England.
5: Yeah, well, mainly the, the big stand-up players that actually didn't travel to this World Cup, Leah Williamson and Beth Mead, both both with knee injuries. They were just not fit to travel post-ACL. It was just all too soon. And Leah Williamson was their captain, and Beth Mead, just a massive, massive influential player for them during the Euros last year, which saw them win the Euros as well. Um, then, obviously, we've come here to Australia, and I think the whole world has seen the Lauren James um, stand mm. on... Yeah, that incident on the Nigerian player as well, and I think that, um, you know, kind of soured the milk a little bit for a lot of people just towards, I guess, the English. And obviously, Lauren James is a very experienced player, but we all can say she had a brain snap and she's since apologized and received a too much ban because of it. Um, people would argue that should have been three matches of course but it is what it is so they're without some really really in, um, influential players that would ordinarily run their team from defense all the way through to attack and so that uh, I'm sure has been felt um, just with their cohesion and like you said they scraped scraped through Colombia in that match and perhaps didn't look as threatening throughout the matches they would have even liked and I think they'll be looking to balance things out themselves this evening if they're going to get a result against Australia.
3: Now, before we let you go, I know how excited you are. and I'm going to ask you about the how all the afternoon has, has played out, what sort of levels of energy and and uh, and nerves that you've gone through. But before we do that, Caitlin Ford has been one of my favourites for, for many years. But I've got to say, yes. she's become my favourite, this young lady, 20 years of age. She's got great composure. What have you made of Mary Fowler's first World Cup?
5: The funny um, funny feeling watching Mary Fowler, my husband actually got out all of my old jerseys from <laughs> yesteryear, and he goes, look at this, number 11. Look who wears the jersey yes. <laughs> today. Isn't this amazing? I said, well, funny, of all the players, I just love how she plays. Mm. The style of, of the way that she plays is very, um, I wouldn't say similar to me, but attacking-minded, and I really, really enjoy watching how she performs. And I'd agree with you, Caitlin Ford, for me, was Always going to have a wonderful tournament off the back of her season in England, but Mary Fowler has really stood up. She's only 20 years old, and I just think how bright is her future. Um, If we look at, say, Sam hitting the 30s now, uh, she's 10 years behind Sam, so I think we're in good hands over the next four, five, six, seven, eight years with Mary at the helm. Uh, I dare say she will be, and... Yeah, it's just so exciting to see her progression and I hope she has a wonderful match this evening.
3: Okay, as we speak to you now, only a few hours out from kickoff, not long now actually, less than that, because you would have gone through a wave of emotions, Alicia. What, yeah. what part of the emotional wave are you on right at this very moment?
5: I'm on the calm wave <laughs> at the moment. I think I'm just about the only person in Sydney that's feeling calm because I walked out on uh, Pitt Street earlier and down George Street and there's nothing like calm it's just buzzing down there and but I I feel like at the moment calm is good. I'm sure when I walk into that stadium and I, I watch the players walk out there'll be a few emotions that'll so be a little bit different but at this stage calm and I really hope the team are feeling the same way because I, I'm so confident in what they're going to be able to do tonight and bring on Sunday because I think we'll be there.
3: Yeah beautiful. Alicia Canavis Former Matilda, great to get your insight in tonight's class. We cannot wait. Thank you for taking time out on a very special occasion for yourself uh, and joining us on Sports Day.
5: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a Grand Utility Vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV and World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Uh, Yes,
3: it is Sports Day on a very exciting Wednesday night edition. Scotty Sattler and Jimmy Smith joining you tonight. Before we get to our next very special guest, and he is a very special guest, Steve from Dubbo, one of our favourites, part of the whack, says you're in first grade now, Jimmy, don't stuff it up. (laughs) <laughs> so long as you're not a parabasher, you'll be fine. So some, oh,
0: some good geez. advice there for I have you. yeah. Sats just to let you know, uh <laughs> it might have been five or six weeks ago that I looked at Parramatta to miss the eight and uh were, at the time they were playing three dollar sixty oh, wow. gamble responsibly. Yeah. You could get a little top up on that as well too, and uh they're now a dollar four to miss the eight, so yeah. i You're in the bad
3: books for Steve right now. Now, we have the good oil here for you on Sports Day, Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Now, he is the goalkeeper, Whisperer. His name is Paul Jones, and he is the the former coach of Mackenzie Arnold of nine years, and we are blessed to have him on the show for Sports Day here tonight. How are you, Paul? Good, guys. How are you? Yeah, really well, really well, and probably we're trying to be as excited as what you would be, but can you set the scene for us tonight of what? tonight looks like for you.
6: Mate, my excitement level is I've got a 4.8 metre screen at home and I've got 20-odd people coming around and we are oh. ready for a party. So, um, yeah, it's, we're just pretty excited. Um, I was with Matildas for 17 years um, and uh, a lot of time with these girls that are here now and to see them grow and develop into the team they are these, these days is, uh, yeah, unbelievable proud of and unbelievably excited.
0: So the other thing that they've done to uh, Paul, and I think, you know, we, we knew Sam Kerr, we knew we knew Caitlin Ford, but Steph Catley, Ellie Carpenter, Hayley Razzo, and now Mackenzie Arnold have have come into the uh, consciousness of Australian sports lovers. Uh, give us a, your first impressions of Mackenzie when you started working with her, because what I understand is where she is now is a long way from where she was when she first got into a professional system.
6: Mate, when uh, my very first session was, I thought she was a bit of a clown, to be quite honest. She's uh, rocked up to a goalkeeping session late after hanging out with Sam and Caitlin. I used to call them the cool kids, and believe me, they're very, very cool. Um, right. And then we had a strong chat to her, and then the second session, she uh, rocked up late again. So as you can imagine, Jimmy, we put her through a tough session as a, um, this is serious. And um, and for more reports, she's never been late for another session since then. So it, she just didn't know what it was about, Um and she's since learned and, and gone on to be the, the goalkeeper she is now and and sometimes it's been, it's you' got to learn lessons and she learned that lesson really really young um and yeah. I think she's prospered from from that experience then
0: uh, it's it's really interesting paul because and I think sats had probably attested this as well no athlete's journey is linear you know there's there's peaks and troughs and and you go through that do you feel like mackenzie uh, is at a point now where she is, peak in the world, that she is recognised as, as one of the great stoppers
6: in women's football? I, I think that the fact she, she's gone through peaks and troughs more than anyone else I know. Um, she did it tough for many years in behind Lydia Williams, who was our, our number one there, and she just stuck at it and worked away, and she had heartbreak. She missed the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, she went as a third choice, um, but only, only two can play, so she was never going to play. Um, so those, after being to a World Cup and Olympic Games in Rio, um, that was a, a massive one for her. And I think that hurt her and she decided it was never going to happen again. And, um, and since then, she's just been head down, bum up and, uh, and done exceptionally well. And that's, once again, it's all those, it's the, the, um, the kicks and the guts that you get that, that make you strong and the kicks and the guts that make you decide where you want to keep going and how far you want to go. And, um, and I think now Mackenzie is one of the premier goalkeepers in the world.
3: Yeah, Paul that we know that, don't we? Adversity makes you stronger. And this is the end it result. Does indeed. Yeah, now psychologically, you know her better than anyone. When you saw her foot had crossed the line in that shootout, it had to be retaken. We all sat on bated breath. Were you confident mm. she was going to be able to refocus?
6: Oh, I, I must admit, I was sitting there talking to my wife and my daughter going, Mackenzie, just go the same way, go the same way. Yes. Um, and she just knows what to do. It's, it's actually not the first penalty shootout she's won for Australia. She actually won a penalty shootout in the Asian Championship in two thousand and eighteen, I think it was. We um, we played Thailand, um, and we scored an equaliser in about the one hundred nineteenth minute, and so we went to Penn's, and and she got us through on that day as well, and was a bit of a hero. Um, but there was about three thousand people watching. It Certainly wasn't fifty yeah. thousand people watching, um, you know. So, but I, I just I don't think she's ever lost a penalty shootout either. So she's got an unbelievable eye, just to see what people are doing. So I don't I don't know if many people noticed that Tony Franken gave her the a sheet to look at, um, and she looked at it for about a second and a half. And I'm sure they've had a good look at it beforehand, but she relies on her gut when it comes to these things, um, and obviously the information that Tony's given her. But her gut will always tell you. And and, and I've known Tony for many years, and, and his philosophy is the fact that you um, you rely that the goalkeeper make make the decisions. Um, so yeah, so she's she's been allowed to make decisions, and and her eye and the way she. He just picks players. So if we go to a penalty shootout tonight, I wouldn't bet against. so I can tell you that much.
3: Well, the dog's getting into it. We know that. Now, the shootout, it's a, it's a lonely walk, isn't it, from the team huddle up to the ball. It's you and the goalie. So based on that gut instinct, behind the scenes, how much research does go into the opponent, their trends historically, which way they would regularly go in a, in a penalty shootout?
6: I, I don't know what Tony did, but I know for the Rio Olympic, I looked at a 1,000 penalties from around the world. Um, from oh, yeah. probably 70 different countries. And the reality is, we use um, one of those, one lot of information against Brazil. Um, so, and, and Tony's methodical on what he does. So, I guarantee he's done everything there. Um, and that's Tony Frank and not Tony G. Um, Tony Frank is a goalkeeping coach. So, I guarantee yep. that he's done everything he needs to give Mackenzie the information she needs. Um, but, like I said, with that, she'll take that on board. Um, but then she'll just trust herself. Um, And I think that's that's so important in that situation because she's the one like we're all sitting back watching and you know 7 million Australians are watching and and Tony sitting on the bench and she's the one that's there That's got to actually make the movement make the save Um, So yeah, but the pressures on the strikers as well. Like Mm. She's always gonna be a hero So that's that's a bonus of being a goalkeeper in, in, in that setup
0: Yeah Hey, Paul, what have you made of the defensively, the way the Matildas have gone about things? Uh, Central defenders Claire Hunt and Alana Kennedy are probably two of those other names that you could add to, you know, the public consciousness now. Um, and they seem very well-organised. Nigeria game aside, it looks like one of the strengths of the Matildas is at the back. Do you agree with that?
6: I, I think Claire Hunt has been an absolute find and a half. Um, I've heard good right. things about over the years. I hadn't seen her play much. Um, my last two years have been focused with Brisbane Roar because I was their goalkeeping coach. Um, but I heard good things about her. But to watch her play, I think people were, were understating how good she is. Um, and she's just showed she's world-class. Alana's got bundles of experience, but I think you nailed it before when you said about how well organised they are. Um, they're just they're, they're compact. So when the ball goes in there and, and they just work so hard, so when the ball goes, you know, gets logged into the box, there's always eight to ten defenders in the box and they're, they're compact. So when something drops, more often than not, it drops to one of the Australian players. Um, and yep. I think that was, you know, testimony to Mary Fowle. I think she won 14, over 14 kilometres in the last game. That, yeah. that is getting yeah. above what, wow. you know, around the Premier League, English Premier League mark, a player will cover in a game. So that's, yeah. it's a pretty phenomenal um, amount of distance to cover in a game.
0: Okay, give us a score prediction for tonight, Paul. Give us a player from England that you think might be top of Tony
6: Gustafson's tip sheet. I think Millie Bright. When it comes to defending corners, she is an absolute machine. She's strong. She's powerful. She's a good leader for them as a um, as their team captain. Um, and in and around the box, she is is deadly. I think we're we're lucky that James is out because um, she's a world class player. Um, had a little brain explosion that happens with young players um, I think we're lucky that she's, she's gone but Millie Bright be one for me um, when it comes to us I think for me the, the, one of our strengths has been our midfielders like um, Katrina Gorry, uh, Katrina Cross I mean players like that the amount of distance and, that they've done um, and another big one for me is Emily Van Igmont scored one, set up a couple throughout the, the tournament and I think that's going to be Tony's biggest question tonight do I start Sam Kerr from the start? Or do I stay with the formula that's got us so far, and then bring Sam on a later date, but you know what that's why he gets paid the big bucks
3: exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah, so give us a score on, Paul, what do you think?
6: I thought I was going to dodge that question um, <laughs> yeah, I, my, my, my heart my heart says two nil Australia, yep, um my head says maybe there might be one goal in it either way. um I only want two nil because I'm getting old. And 2-0 means I can relax and, and enjoy myself. Um, if there's one goal in it, it's, just, it's always going to be a, a battle. Um, but I think Mackenzie's going to need to play well again. I think, you know, the people you spoke about with Ali and uh, back four, with uh, Claire Hunt and Alana um, and Seth Catley are going to need to do their job again. And, you know, at some stage, Sam Kerr's going to light the tournament up. So let's mm. hope it's tonight.
3: Paul Jones. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. An emotional connection you have to tonight's game, and I uh, hope you enjoy as much of it as, as you humanly can.
6: <laughs> okay,
3: and thanks for joining mate, us, on Sports there's, Day.
6: A, <laughs> mate, there's a massive amount of pride, and I just I just love seeing it. You know, for for the game in, in the country. Um, you know, it's been a sleeping giant for a long time, and, and the giant's been woken. So let's hope they can go one more step. And um, and I guarantee, if we win tonight, there'll be a few tears in the household.
3: Yeah, well said. Well said. Have a great night.
6: Uh, thanks, guys. Enjoy yourself.
2: Great. <laughs> Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. <laughs> Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Yeah, this is Sports Day,
3: and it is all about the Matildas tonight. Great interview, boys. Let's go Tillies. That's from Rat, who's listening. <laughs> Ripper interview, fellas. Loved it. Jay from Springfield. Keep your text coming in. 0457 736 736. We're going to get to all of them tonight. There's a few there from New Zealand as well. I reckon the Matildas will get it done with Sam Kerr scoring a goal after emulating SJ with a scintillating 1-2 off a left foot. From 041 as well. Outstanding. Oh, no, we'll talk about that a little bit later on from Eden in New Zealand about the Warriors, the Wars. And we've been able to track down a Matildas fan who is currently on the train, about to arrive at Stadium Australia, Accor Stadium. He's one of our colleagues as well. You may know him as the Seal or Volkanovski or the Maestro. Mm. <laughs> to Jimmy Smith and I, he's all of those names. But Alex Maltinoff is on the phone. How are you,
7: Seal? Very, very well, sir. Jimmy, good to be with you tonight, boys. Very, very excited. So
3: tell us, set the scene, set the scene. You're on the train, you're about to arrive at Stadium Australia. What's the atmosphere like?
7: Well, I should be there now. Of course, there's been issues with the train, but the, everyone is absolutely... It's buzzing. Um, green and gold are absolutely everywhere. We've got a couple of England fans on the train, but mostly green and gold um, around me here, guys, and moving very, very slowly towards Olympic Park. I can't wait to get out of there. It's going to be absolutely packed to the rafters. Um, getting into the locker room and then straight into the stadium. Very, very, very excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All of those names and a whole lot less. Uh... Uh, Alex, uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Okay, um, mate, we just spoke to Paul Jones, the former uh, goalkeeping coach for Mackenzie Arnold. I think one of the things that has been a feature of the Matildas this tournament outside of Nigeria has been defensively. What have you seen as um, the biggest strength for the Matildas in this tournament? What do you think they need to do better tonight to progress to the final?
7: Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Jimmy. The defence was a, a big question mark 12 months ago. Alana Kennedy hadn't played any competitive football through a raft of injuries. Claire Hunt wasn't in the squad. They'll be starting together tonight at the back. Um, Claire Hunt is still, of course, playing with the Western Sydney Wanderers in the league Women. She's not playing in these big European clubs. Katrina Gorey was at Brisbane Raw 12 months ago. She's moved to Sweden since. And part of that is have been having her child Harper. But she's been immense. One of the players of the tournament in um, that, that sort of you know, the bedrock on which the Matilda's success has been built. It's going to be interesting to against because they have to be very disciplined defensively and probably the place they need to improve is taking the chances when they when they fall their um, not being able to score against France despite having the opportunities. Um, they had more... It's a funny thing to say when they scored two goals against Nigeria, but if you look all the way back then, they they had um, chances to win that game late. So it's going to be their, their ability to take their chances in front of goals. And, of course, that brings Sam Kerr into the question and whether she starts tonight or starts off the bench, we should have the team sheets through in the next 15 minutes or so to find that all out.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations. You've just replaced Tony Gustafson as mm. coach of the Matildas, Alex. Um, based on what you just said, based on taking their chances in front of goals, no one on the planet does it better than Sam Kerr in women's football. What do you do with Sam tonight?
7: Well I've just seen a a starting lineup. I can tell you I probably would have brought her off the bench Jimmy I can reveal to you Sam Kerr is starting tonight Sam Kerr will start up alongside Mary Fowler up front so I probably would have used her at the end it's going to be interesting to see how long she lasts if this game goes 120 minutes I doubt she'll be there for the penalty kicks at the end of it which could be a question mark at the end but if she can get us off to a good start and take one of those opportunities early obviously that allows us to sit in and rely on that defence that's been so good for us so so, Tony taking the risk and using her early, whether that pays off, that's so a massive, massive storyline throughout this game now.
3: Now, uh, Alex Lauren James, who was the English superstar, not playing, got red carded against Nigeria, and also missing a couple of others who actually didn't tour with the Lionesses to this World Cup. You'd like to think moving into a game of this nature, the higher the, uh, the competitive nature of, of these athletes and you get to these finals and these semi-finals, you need those key players. So it's fair to say that the ball is sitting well in favour of the the Matildas at the moment. He didn't like my question.
0: No. He didn't, he didn't like agree it. with you. Yeah, he didn't agree with no. me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: A lot of phones get used around the stadiums at once, hence why the... Uh, I wonder if he's going to have a few ales. He, no, said, mate, he's on, he said he's on the way to the... Uh, yeah, the locker room. He'll have a few whales, I think, won't he? Yeah.
0: Maestro? Well, it'd be hard not to. Be hard. I tell you what. The, what's interesting from Maestro's point of view, and and that is that he's a football lover. Right? Yes. A Football player, football lover. Loves loves the all all you know men's game, women's game, all football. I just wonder, and a lot of people have had their say on this, Sats, and I know you and and Maddie would have been talking about it over the the past few weeks. What impact does this have? on Australian football, on women's football, on women's sport. do Because in my mind, and I don't want to be a, a killjoy on this, but I don't see fans rushing out to A-League women's games on the back of this Matildas effort. I do see an increase in the interest in the Matildas, but it might even flow into an intra- increase into, hey, you know how most of us love the EPL? Well, we're going to love the Super League because all our best players... Uh, over there playing. So that's my concern.
3: Yeah, you just, you answered my exact, exact response. So I, I think moving on, and there has been calls for, for further funding for the, uh, the WA, uh, W league um, moving forward to try and, yep uh, to try and jump onto the back of this, the success of this world cup so far. And you've got to remember this, and you know, this is as far as we've we've ever gone with the male or female. So either way, this has been an, an amazing achievement by, by the Matilda. So, what I will be doing, Jimmy, is I will be keeping an eye on the Mary Fowlers and the Caitlin Fords moving forward, just seeing individually where each of them are playing and, and how, how their how pro- their progress is going post World Cup. So I think a lot yeah. of them will be will be in the same boat you've got to remember also, Jimmy, a very this is off the topic of football, but in the sense of the Matildas and how important this game is tonight, the boomers are currently playing are currently playing Brazil. They move their game. Yeah. In res- with respect to this game, so it's outstanding. In the first quarter, Brazil were leading 23-13. We're trying to keep you updated with that scoreline as well. Thank you very much for Alex Molchanov for uh, joining us. Sam Kerr is starting as he is just exclusively revealed on Sports Day. Alana Kennedy is out due to illness. Jimmy, let's get to a break. After the break, we'll have a soccer that's ridiculous. <laughs>
2: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Didn't that hour go quickly? Outstanding. Blue well done, Jimmy. You
3: you got through your uh, <laughs> you got through the probation period, okay.
0: Okay, so am I back for the next hour?
3: Well, we will reconvene during the next break okay. to see whether okay. you're allowed right. back. Okay. Uh, okay. I know Daniel okay. from Stormy. Other- Daniel wants you back. We know that. He loves. Yeah. Jimmy otherwise.
0: Smith. Julian King was waiting by, uh, standing by at 7 o'clock just to see whether he'd take over. Uh, Sorry for the dropout, boys. Can confirm I can't hear myself think Tilly's to win. That's from Maestro. No problem, Maestro. Hey, Sats, lots of people asking questions around uh, Tim Sheens and what's going on at Tiger Town. We'll talk to Craig Fitzgibbon. We'll talk about the new international series that was announced today. But obviously, we're going to talk about what's happening at the West Tigers. After the break as well. Yeah, Daniel from Prairiewood is a big supporter. Listening to Sports Day New South Wales via the SEN app. Good on you, Daniel. And I reckon he'll have his say on something around the international <laughs> game as well. G'day, Coppers. On my way to the uh, with the family to watch the Matildas at the Camden Live site. Is that where you're Go going, Matildas?
3: You're a Camden well, man. Yeah, where mm-hmm. is it,
0: Reptile? <laughs> where is the Camden Live site? They haven't told me. Jeez. Oh. Anyway we plenty of uh, plenty of
3: love here, haven't we, for the Matildas? Yeah. Mm.
0: Boys, just pump up the volume. I've I got a feeling from the Black Eyed whilst listening to you guys. i got a feeling, says Rooster Man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than my Timmy Manor song. I know that.
3: Oh, can we find that somewhere <laughs> before we go? Now, Sporty no. Gav, listening on no. 2HD. He's part of the WACPAC, <laughs> Sporty Gav. Hi, Satch and Jimmy. I hope the Matildas can defend well because the Poms – well, they've got some cracking players that can hurt them. Go the Tillies. Yeah, they have. They have. I've got to say, the first goal from the English side against Columbia, just a, a an error from a goalie that you wouldn't see at that level. I don't think Mackenzie Arnold's going to give up a goal that easy, mm-hmm. the first goal to England. So I think they have their work cut out from Lumberjack. I'm, I think there's a message behind your text message. I'm not I'm not sure whether I'll, it's safe enough to read that <laughs> out. So don't read, might, it. <laughs> we <laughs> don't we read might, it. We it's might it. leave it's that. It's
0: Funny you mentioned that, Sats, because I looked at Lumberjacks and I read it and then went, right, I think I know what Lumberjacks are <laughs> on about there. Yeah. Might leave that one for Sats.
3: Now, Danger, I'm still a Pommy, and Danger is also part of our whack pack. Even though I am a POM and I like the Poms and the Aussies, but I have to go Aussie girls tonight. Go girls, go. Yeah, thank you, Danger. Thank you very much in Cairns. Hope you're feeling okay to Danger. Now, the big news, Jimmy, as Alex the Seal revealed exclusively only a few minutes ago is that Sam Kerr has been named to start. It's going to be interesting how that plays on the psyche of of the English
0: players. Have you seen on YouTube, Mary, Herp, uh, Mary Earp hates Sam Kerr, the video. <laughs> so Mary <laughs> Earp is the keeper for England tonight. And of course, Sam Kerr, the superstar for Chelsea, has pushed plenty of goals past her throughout the course of their career. The other big news, no Alana Kennedy. Yes. Whoa big whoa yep uh in fairness claire polkinghorn no one is more experienced in this squad yeah, most, actually yeah. in the history in the history of uh, the matildas so she comes in very steady hand there at the back but you never like seeing sides change this late stage of
2: tournaments exactly
3: exactly Eleven seventy six 93 SEN listeners they'll now hear all the lead-up to the kickoff of the matildas take on england in the fifa women's world cup semi-final the global game ahead off kickoff at 8pm Super Radio Network don't go anywhere we've got plenty more to come news in Town out of the NRL Craig Fitzgibbon to come we'll have That's Ridiculous as well plenty more to come Sats and Jimmy Sports Day Wednesday night
2: Kia didn't just make an 8 seat family car they made a Grand Utility Vehicle Kia Carnival GUV and World Gym trained for the sport you play building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. It's our
3: second hour on Sports Day. Scotty Sattler, Jimmy Smith here on a Wednesday night on what is an exciting Wednesday night. About 55 minutes thereabouts that we will see Kickoff in the FIFA World Cup, Australia versus England. The lionesses, I'm starting to get nervous, Jimmy. I'm nervous. I'm in that that final stage. You know, when you were, were sitting in the in the dressing sheds, yeah, the boots start clicking, everyone's heels are going up and down, <laughs> and all of a sudden, before you know it, that two-minute buzzer, and the lionsman walks in and says, Guess what? We're ready to go, girls. I'm at that stage. <laughs> I'm at that stage.
0: Uh how were you like that? Were you, What were your nerves like? I was quite a nervous player. I had to have everything routine. Everything had to be routine. From the moment I woke up on game day, actually, you can go to the night before, you know, I'd like to eat the same meal, like to do the same things. Different times of kickoff used to throw me out a bit. The long, the late kickoff, uh, 7.30 back in the day, that, that used to throw me off. But um, if, if we had a 3 p.m. kickoff on a Sunday afternoon, I had my routine set. Any minute of that Sunday, I knew what I was doing. What about you?
3: It wasn't until I was about 24, 25, I used to get really uptight before games. And Johnny Jones, Jughead Jones from Manly, I played yeah. with him to the Crushers. And yeah. We are about to play the Canberra Raiders in the very first game for the Crushers, and he could see how uptight I was. And he pulled me aside, he said, listen, I think I was about 23. He said to me, you're going to be exhausted before you get out there. Settle down. And he taught me how to just really relax. So from that day on, I became really relaxed to the point where I think it annoyed some of my teammates. And then when the two-minute buzzer went, I was just a bundle of nerves. I was a, I was a basket case from two minutes to a kickoff.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, and I'm,
0: then first knuckle and away you go. That's
3: all you got to do, Jimmy, isn't it?
0: Get involved early. That's it. That's what a lot of that's these it.
3: young ladies will be doing tonight. Wasn't that, wasn't that um, amazing that the statistic on Mary Fowler from – we spoke to Paul Jones earlier on. He's the, well, he's the, he's the goal coach, goalkeeper whisperer. And the former coach of Mackenzie Arnold. And he's talking about Mary Fowler. If you, if you didn't miss the, the interview, make sure you get on the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Paul Jones saying that Mary Fowler covered upwards of anywhere upwards of 13 or 14 kilometres in that first, yeah. in that uh, the game, the last game. That's amazing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It is incredible. Obviously, she had the 120 minutes or probably 126 yeah. minutes to do it. But... She's she's one of these um, attacking players that likes to get back and help out a little bit as well. She clearly got a big motor on her. Um, I actually undersold them a little bit earlier. I said that there were 16 playing in Europe. There's actually 19 of the 23 playing in Europe. So it's only Claire Hunt at the Western Sydney Wanderers, Courtney Vine at Sydney FC, and Alex Chidiak and Emily Van Egmon who play across in the US league. Everyone else is either in, in somewhere in Europe, which is just this is sats and, and it long may it continue, but this is the golden generation of women's football that we had for the 2006 World Cup side for the men.
3: Mm, outstanding. Late news, of course, we heard just before the last break, Sam Kerr has been named to start the match and is, of course, skipper. But a big out for Australia. Lana Kennedy, defender out due to illness. And Polaris Mm -hmm. news update. Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. we get into some rugby league as well. And just on the Boomers as well. Just after the third quarter, into the final quarter. And about two or three minutes ago, Australia were leading 75-66 after being down in the first two quarters. So we'll try and keep you update with that as well. Jimmy. Before we get to some rugby league news, time for this.
4: Come on, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. this got to be. Someone's got to be accountable for this. Yeah,
3: Jimmy, this isn't ridiculous, but <laughs> on the text line, 0457 736 736 or double eight double three for our Kiwi listeners. We love it when we get our Kiwi listeners involved. Kiwi Steve in Christchurch lived in the UK for many years, but I can't support them. Go the Tildes. Coming Ooh. from a Kiwi. so Tilly's here, Tilders. It's like Palmy and Palmer,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tilders. Okay. okay. Okay, that's What ridiculous? about this one? Yeah. Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. If Tomo doesn't get you, then Lily must. Happy mm. birthday, Jeff Thompson. Wow. Jeffrey Robert Thompson. So, what, arguably the fastest bowler that's ever walked the planet. Uh, he signed a 10-year deal. With 4IP, radio I remember, station. I remember 4IP. Is, is that still? Is, no. Yeah, right. It's not, not, not around. around anymore, right. No. Uh, for $63,000 back in 1976, That's a lot of money, isn't it? A lot of money. Wow. A lot of money.
3: It's sort of equivalent uh, to the money that Jimmy Smith is on right now <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> hey, I, I remember listening to Rod Marsh once, Jimmy, and I know how much you love your cricket, cricket and not – not mucking around, listeners. Jimmy Smith was a very good first grade cricketer as well, as well as a very good rugby league player. But I remember listening to an interview with Rod Marsh once, and he said, yeah. "I know that the, I know that the, the speed cameras got him doing one sixty, but I got no doubt he was doing at least one eighty kilometres per hour when it hit my gloves." Yeah,
0: well, there's he he played uh, Sydney grade cricket. Of course, he was a Bankstown boy. The opening the opening bowler uh, uh, partnership. For Bankstown High, was Len Pascoe and Jeff Thompson in high school? Yeah, high school cricket. he he bowled a bouncer at Mossman Oval. It's not the biggest oval of all time. Now known as Allen Border Oval, he bowled a bouncer. He hit the sight screen one bounce, <laughs> like it bounced off the pitch and then it hit the sight screen at the. Imagine facing that, going, "Holy, get me out of here! I'm treading on my stumps." Here's the other one I read on his Wikipedia page: stats in the 90, early 1990s, he was the bowling coach for Queensland, mm-hmm. and he used to bowl to the Queenslanders in the nets. <laughs> he was 42. He was 42 years of age. And he was still causing them to jump around everywhere. And they actually contemplated getting him back into Sheffield Shield cricket. Come on, that's so ridiculous. ridiculous. That, that is ridiculous. I'm not kidding you, too. Wow. Yeah.
3: That'd be frightening. He'd still have an aura about him, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he? Now, yep. what about this one? On a soccer theme, on a footballing theme, Neymar, of course, announced officially mm. as going from Paris Saint-Germain to the Saudi League, which is al Hilal. <laughs> $300 million over two years. Come on, that's ridiculous. That's just under like $3 million a week, mind mm-hmm. you. Full access to a private jet that sits on the, on the runway in case he needs it.
4: Come on, that's
3: ridiculous. Again, it's a little bit like Jimmy's contract. <laughs> Come on, that's ridiculous. $89,000 bonus, Jimmy Smith. Every time his team, Al Halal, win... Come on, that's why? ridiculous. His own mansion.
0: What's the significance of 89,000? Huh? Why did Why did they not round it up to 90 or 100? Exactly. Why 89? Exactly. Come that's on, that's ridiculous.
3: His own mansion yeah. with full staff detail. Come on, that's ridiculous. This is the most twos has ever gotten involved. This is the one that just blows my mind. Okay, 500,000 dollars every time. Neymar. Yep. Posts a positive promotional social media message about Saudi Arabia. Come
0: on, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, but it's not sport. It's not sports washing. You know, that's not <laughs> sports washing. But anyway, uh, the public investment fund, right? Yes. That's. Uh, I tell. I tell you what I was looking at earlier, sat. I, I would love to get the the data on this as well. So Neymar Junior. I'm looking at him. 212 million followers across his Instagram oh. platform, right? So so he's. He's got a, a following that is, what's that? Let's call it nine times the size of Australia's total population. So there, there's a marketplace for you. Mackenzie Arnold has now 141,000 followers on her Instagram page. I wonder what it was at the start of this tournament to what it's become today. Mm. I, I, I would love to know the graph of how many people followed her on Instagram after she stopped those goals on Saturday night, yes. everyone went. Wow, who's this? I know. Who's this girl? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Notice you only started posting TikToks about two weeks ago. Oh, did she? Yeah, and they're they're up to like three, four hundred, five hundred thousand views. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. god. There we go. Plus, nice. Polaris Australia's was, number one. That? Hang, Hang on. on. Who was that? Who is that? Who chipped in there?
3: That's Daddy Vast. Come on. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I wondered who that voice was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Started, I'm he's looking like, around me here at home. Going, he's like your man.
3: Yeah, K-Hole. Coach K. Coach K. He's <laughs> like your man.
0: Yeah, yeah. No nah, no one. No one no one is like my man. Coach
3: <laughs> <K>. uh, Kramer <laughs> from Brisbane says, up the Tillies. And hi, Maisie here. Listening in from Auckland. Go the Matildas. I think Matildas, two goals. England, one. Thank you very much, Maisie. And Danger says, four IP. If it fits, wear it. Remember that, Sats? Yeah. It was one of their slogans.
1: Right. Absolutely.
3: Now, as I said, Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Bring us our NRL and sports update. Jimmy, we have got a couple of text messages also around this very matter, which was news that broke today. The Tim Sheens will step down as Tigers coach at the season's end with the five-year plan not going to plan. They never usually do. They usually take sometimes a lot longer, like it did at Penrith, and that's okay. But they've parted ways amicably, both the West Tigers and Timmy Sheens. Benji Marshall will take over from 2024, which I'm glad to see. And I'm glad to see Tim step aside because I've got a lot of admiration for 1T Sheens. And I think um, his role more about mentorship. Now, I'm hearing he'll head back to the UK at some stage. Maybe not as a coach, but... He just enjoys living there. So watch his wow. space when it comes to that. But uh, what are your thoughts, Jimmy, when you first heard this today?
0: I would be completely disillusioned if I was a West Tigers fan um, about the the manner in which my club has gone about things in their football department. Mm. Um, I know we can look at the shiny new centre of excellence and say, wow, that's a step forward. And I know they're, they're still one of the most popular clubs in the league, despite the fact that... Remember last year, we thought, oh, well, they've run 16th. They can't do any worse than that. Well, they have. They're running 17th this year. Uh, And it's all on the back of some decisions being made in that football department. And I don't know whether the people who are making the decisions know football or not. The strong evidence suggests that they don't. Um, And they've gone all in on Tim Sheens, who then went all in on Benji Marshall. And now we've got ourselves a situation where there's another payout coming to Tim Sheens. We now have at the West Tigers, a head coach who has a total coaching experience of 21 games as an assistant coach mm. in the NRL. Now he might have been doing more than that over the course of the last few weeks and maybe few months, but uh, and now we've got the 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 general manager of football who will step aside as well with Tim Sheens. And the worst thing about it all, uh, we've had infighting between uh the newly newly appointed um recruitment manager and the assistant coach who is now the head coach. There's no general manager of football and they're running last. And now we've got the situation where well, all this over the course of what the last 12 months, you could probably stretch it back to, to 24 months has been played out in a very, very public forum. Mm. It's disastrous. Sats. I know you've got long, strong connections with a lot of people in that organization, but it is an absolute disaster. And if I'm a West Tigers supporter, I'm completely disillusioned with the club I follow.
3: I agree with you in um, in principle, Jimmy. I, I really do. And you, you do mention the, the general manager, and that's, that's a really important facet to any rugby league organisation. It's a different role in different clubs, the general manager of rugby league. Yep. Sometimes they sit yep. alongside the coach and they control the entire rugby league organisation. They oversee recruitment and have a lot to say with the salary cap and the... Um, you know, the, the auditors and uh, they're the conduit between the NRL, the CEO, the board of directors and the rugby league club and the football operation. It's a really important role. Sometimes it's a glorified football manager where you're just organising yep. your day-to-day and making sure the team's happy, whatever it may be. So, But the general manager is is a key appointment for this club because first and foremost, they'll be the, the person that puts the flak jacket on for the yep. the rugby league operations. <laughs> They have to have the ability to bring that relationship together and make it smooth waters between Scott Fulton and Benji Marshall. Yep. And whether that's going to be a a bridge too far, not quite sure. Again, watch this space. But that general manager role could be whoever is interested in that role and has the ability to grab the the club by the scruff of the neck and shake it and rattle it and see what comes out and disperse of the areas that we don't need and ensure we – Strengthen the areas that we feel as though are very strong at the club, at the pathways, for example. And yeah, that role is so important, Jimmy. And that appointment, that next appointment needs to be someone that has the ability to go in there and, and rattle a few cages.
0: So um, the decision that's been made on Tim Sheens, uh, the decision that was made to hire Tim Sheens, you know, no one can blame Tim for coming in and doing what he did. Absolutely right? Because not. there's a strong survival instinct in us all. But for him to be able to be allowed to do that, for him to be even invited back in the first instance, I thought at the time was crazy, given his track record at Hull KR at Salford and at Winders. But more immediately, you make a very good point, Sats. Yes, the general manager of football role and getting that right is crucial. You don't want someone compliant with Benji Marshall. You need someone who's going to push back on Benji Marshall. And then the other thing you need is someone to help Benji Marshall. You need exactly. someone in there, mm. I think, of NRL experience as an assistant coach to shore up the, the parts of the game that Benji is still learning and may not yet know. So I, I totally understand why they were talking to Justin Holbrook about the possibility of joining the club. Uh, they missed out on him. He went to the Roosters. Um, uh, we'll have a think about it, listeners. Uh, let us know, 0457 736 736. Who is a former NRL coach who you think could come in there and assist Benji Marshall with the West Tigers?
3: I'll go Michael Hagan. I'll I'll also throw in Neil Henry. And you, you need an wow. assistant yep. coach, Jimmy, as you as you know better than most that doesn't aspire to be a head coach anymore, but still has the ability to sit back and be a a great mentor to that head coach. So I'll throw I'll throw those couple up right now. Okay. Um,
0: I'm going to I'm going to throw one in that was uh, was mentioned to me today, um, Dean Pay. So yeah, very strong, very strong defensively. Was working through things at the Bulldogs before he didn't get the chance to finish things at the Bulldogs. So um, there's a there's a name that was was thrown up to me today.
3: Rooster Muzz on the text line, Smithy and Worm. What are your thoughts on Sheen's quitting the Tigers? This is an embarrassment at best. I say Sheen should have never been appointed in the first place. Now, it, it's easy to say that in hindsight now, Rooster Muzz and listeners, but he's got a deep love for the club. So when something that you've got a deep love for comes with cap in hand and says, we need help, of course you're going to say yes. And yeah. of course you're going to read the room and say, maybe my time has come and we need to st- hand the, the keys on to someone else. So as everyone knows, I'm a, I'm a staunch supporter of Tim Sheen's, but I, I've always believed that that he shouldn't have coached from 2024 onwards,
0: Jim. Yeah. You well, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer he should never have been back at the West Tigers after his first stint there. So it's not Tim Sheens's fault. I, I do not blame Tim Sheens for getting in there as general manager of football and finding himself as the best candidate, however ridiculous we think that situation is. The ridiculous situation is that Tim Sheens was offered the opportunity. So whoever made that decision, so Chairman Lee Hadjabentelis and CEO Justin Pascoe, And the board of the West Tigers have to be clear, not necessarily with us, but certainly with their members, you would think, and certainly with themselves about, well, who's responsible for this decision and what sort of accountability are you going to accept?
3: Mm. Cohen? Boys, if an assistant coach goes in there, right, Mm -hmm. are they risking their reputation? being how public this has played out. No, you can look at it that way if you've got a pessimistic uh, view of life. But if you go in there as an optimist and say, you know, I could be a reason why we we can change our fortunes. Now, on the text line, Ken from Mermaid, Jimmy's throws up one. Had great success over the weekend. Challenge Cup win. Adrian Lamb now aspires to be an NRL coach. So sometimes (laughs) can be a little bit dangerous having someone in there that aspires to be
0: funny you mention that because the word that oh, the two words that I was going to say when Adrian Lamb's came up, uh, name came up was too aspirational mm. so yep. that, that would be and that's why some of those names you mentioned Michael Hagan, Neil Henry, Dean Pay been there, done that, know what it's like have a lot to offer NRL clubs and maybe don't and the last thing Benji Marshall needs to be doing is second guessing what support he's getting from his assistant coach and his general manager of football and He's head of recruitment. That's the like. It's hard enough coaching in the National Rugby League with you all rowing the boat in the same direction. Yes. Exactly. Heaven forbid you're going in different directions. Exactly, exactly.
3: Um, now we're going to get to Craig Fitzgibbon very, very soon. Um, would you like to get into a break? Would you, Daddy Bass, or yeah? Can we talk? Have we got time to talk about this Pacific Championship schedule that got released today Jimmy. Yeah, really course. quickly I'm excited about this week one starting October 1415 men's and women's Australia will open the Pacific Championship schedule 2023 Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville Australia up against Samoa men and Australia versus New Zealand women P- PNG versus Cook Islands Samoa versus Fiji all on that weekend of 1415 thoughts I'm, I'm excited
0: fantastic i'm a great supporter of international rugby league i love the fact that there's some certainty along the calendar with 23 and 24 25 26 etc australia and new zealand and samoa and then tonga uh, as well as some of the lesser nations in the pacific all getting games i find the whole thing the the part that fascinates me the most sats is the the how influential the australian federal government was in all of this all these games being played at Santos Stadium at Port Moresby. And if you haven't done it, do yourself a favor and read the article of Misha Zelinsky in the Financial Review and talking how rugby league yes. has become a key mm. instrument for security in the Pacific against China. Soft diplomacy in the form of a rugby league team playing out of Port Moresby based in Cairns is a whole lot cheaper than trying to build as many submarines as the Chinese have. It is fascinating.
3: Watch North Queensland kick up a stink and say, hang on a sec, that's our backyard. You can't put another NRL team there. So that'll be interesting. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot right now, Jimmy. Okay, quick fire question. Yes. Who's your number one for Australia? Game one.
0: Uh, That I think would be or should be?
3: Should be. Jimmy's the sole selector.
0: Okay, on the sole selector, then Reese Walsh is
3: Whoa. One okay, two wingers. Who's your two wingers?
0: For Australia. Mm. Uh, that's not straightforward. Murray Talungi. Okay. Jeez, uh, you put me on the spot. Val here. Holmes? Um Yeah, Val Holmes on the wing.
3: Okay. Are your centres Latrell?
0: Latrell and turbo. Latrell and turbo. In the centres,
3: turbo. Of course. You want to you want to minimise his output,
0: do you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> No, I mean that respectfully. You want to have quality as opposed to quantity.
0: Have you got him at fullback?
3: I've got him at fullback, yeah.
0: Yeah, right. No, I'll put him in the centres.
3: Okay. Six is Munster?
0: Cameron Munster. And your seven is? A tight battle, but I go Nathan Cleary.
3: Mm. Plenty of love for the Matildas, everyone. Plenty of love for the Matildas. We're going to get to your text messages very soon. That was your NRL update for... Polaris plate clearance is on now. Save $2,000 on the Ranger, 1,000 EPS plus. Get an extra $1,000 on free accessories as well.
2: After the break, Cronulla Sharks coach Craig Fitzgibbon joins us. Kia didn't just make an eight seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV and World Gym. Trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Kia didn't just make an eight seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV and World Gym. Trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Play back to Morris. The Dearest, Intercepted by Fitzgibbon! Fitzgibbon!
7: Striding over the halfway! Fitzgibbon! He's running out of petrol! They're gonna get him! But he'll make it! Fitzgibbon
3: scores a 90 Oh, he didn't take many intercepts in his day, this guy. But I tell you
1: what, he was a hell of a flyer. Sound like he was on a treadmill that Craig last 15 Fitzgibbon, meters. Coach
3: of the Sharkies in 2002 semi-final against the Knights. How are you, Fitzie? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, boys. How are you? Yeah, really Going good. Well. I reckon your hamstrings would have been burning by about the halfway mark there.
4: The little, the little, fr- what was left of the fringe was flapping in the braids and the lack was hitting there. Uh. So it looked more like a 400 than
3: a 100. <laughs> hey, mate, a couple of really good weeks over the last two weeks, and you got the, the Cowboys who had the bye last week, and you're playing them in Townsville on Thursday night, but you've, you've taken the, the team up early on Monday. What's What's the reason
4: behind that? Uh, we just acclimatized uh, to the weather. We felt like it was important to get some training up here. We, yep. we had a good recovery day today, and um, yeah, just we, we ran this model um, last year, and, uh, and it worked okay, and the, the players sort of felt uh, well prepared for the game. And you know, sometimes we've chosen to go late, sometimes early, and um, for this occasion, just to just to get ourselves up here early and, and spend some time together, we thought was important.
3: How hard is that as a coach and a performance team, Fitzie, to, to get that balance right? Like, do we go too early? Do we get too late? Is it, is it is it a decision that you guys make as a coaching staff and performance, or do you let the players have
4: a bit of buy into that? Oh, a bit of everything, really. So we we go over it as staff, and then I, I ask usually ask the leader's opinion. But you sort of track where you've had um, decent results, and you know we've had. Um, we've had a result going early and then we've had a bad result going early. So it's kind of like um case by case scenario. So last, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went to Perth, um, you know, we just decided to go as, pretty much after our, um, after, at the end of a day off and then just did a captain's run straight into the game and got out of there. So, you know, sometimes a hit and run mission can work, but uh, I think uh, with the climate up here, we sort of felt like it was important to spend some time here and, but yeah, you know you're never fully sure. You just like to think you're banking your preparation, and, and at the end of the day, you've got to turn up with your contest um, head on.
1: <sighs> mm. mate. Uh, talking about you know Perth and and last week, obviously the results over the last couple of weeks have against the rabbits and the Titans. It's is it is that resilience in defence? Is that is that what you've been looking for? It seemed like a different outfit defensively.
4: Yeah, well, I, it's going to sound bizarre, but you don't want to celebrate a 28-0 defeat too much, but um, we had a, a lot of adversity at the end. We lost um, Ronnie Molatala at the end of captain's run before pen, the this game, and we had to change the the team um, around. Blakes hadn't trained in position um, basically for that whole week. And then we get onto the game, and Will Kennedy does his hamstring six minutes of the game. Um, so Connor Tracy, who was training all week as a left centre, the day before the game, I said, you left me, and then six minutes in the game, you're full back and if Italico was on the bench and then all of a sudden he's not near your centre and then all of a sudden now your left wing and then that wasn't working so I had to put Jesse Ramian over to the left wing and um, yeah, it was a lot of change, a lot of adversity to go through in a game but I thought we stuck at it. Just a a mountain of um, defence we had to get through Mm. and yeah, they're basically... Basically got a couple of opportunistic tries off us from kick deflections where I thought we defended a bit better than the scoreline indicated. However, it was was a painful loss, but it was also a great lesson for us.
1: Mm. Mate, what's the key now to... I mean, we've got three weeks until... You know, the semi-final start. Uh, what's, the, what's the key now to keeping momentum through these last three games and potentially into the semis? Do you try to keep the players up or do you try to get them away from the game and settle down in between matches? What What's the key or, or what do you think um, is, is best for your group of players? Well, we come off the back of a like a bit of a trough there. So,
4: you know, the, the pain of staying the same become... So great. We sort of did something about it, and and now it's about growing on that feeling and growing on that um, the effort. You know, it didn't for, sort of feel like our effort's been too bad, but technically, and you got to combine your effort with um, with that, and and it's about growing our performance. Um, you know, last week you, we probably wouldn't get a whole heap of credit for the for the, the win over the Titans, but I thought it was a strong victory. I think they've been playing really strong. The Titans It's mm. actually quite a ball in play game and it's mm. probably underestimated the output of that game was actually quite high so we just want to keep rolling on that performance and as you know the the standard and the intensity goes up through the back end of the year so we feel like we're well prepared for that and looking forward to that challenge
1: yeah and speaking about keeping your players up and 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 motivated and and you know keeping that momentum rolling we've, we've talked about how hard you know coaching at the top level is and no one would disagree with it. What, how do you escape the 24-7 pressure of being at the helm of an NRL team? What What do you do to, to sort of just, I guess, quieten in your mind a little bit?
4: Well, I'm not escaping enough at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I reckon um, you know, a lot of people have different hobbies, just having a couple of hobbies to escape. And family. family's the best outlet. Like, I feel like you know, any time, quality time with the family, where yeah, they don't care about results or they don't care about the pressure. They're, they're still your, they're still your kids, still your wife. So yeah, that's a, a terrific release and um, spending time with them and watching them grow up is um, the best outlet. But having a couple of hobbies, I think, is key for most coaches. Just mm-hmm. to, you, it is quite difficult to stop the wheel spinning. So you um yeah, you need something to something to escape and recharge. And sometimes you think you got to work more, but. Um, The the more you work, the more you think. You actually get clouded. You sometimes need to
3: stop so you can think clearly. Some players are really important, Fitzy, to to playing groups outside of what they bring to the field, but around training, their personality. They're able to get the the enthusiasm up amongst the playing group. Toby Rudolph seems to be one of those guys. He was out for an extended period of time. Mm. He came back in two or three weeks later. It's those little dynamics that that can change a season. Do you agree?
4: Yeah, we've... um... With told you I thought he was developing really well last year and um really a consistent performer. He missed the last sort of four or five games with a medial injury and we threw him back out there for the semis under darn because he's an important part of how we play and then um when he actually he had a really significant toe injury this year mm. but he still um he had to defend his goal line for three sets in a row after he'd done his toe. Um just remarkable show of effort and heart and um yeah, having him back he's um yeah, he's been um probably underrated a little bit. Like he's he's high on our effort effort radar with his the, the work rate right off the ball and um yeah, he's definitely a character. He's um you know, like to have um some different personality types in your team and is one of the ones that um he's got no filter, so sometimes <laughs> it's inappropriate but sometimes
3: it gets us laughing and connected. Yeah, nice. Now he's one of my favourite players in the comp Connor Tracy. He's filling it at fullback at the moment for Will Kennedy. What's his best position, Fitzie?
4: Um, yeah, it's difficult to know. It's kind of like this is um, yeah, last year he carried um, missed most of the preseason with groin injuries, and then got into the season. Then he had struggled days, and then he found his way into the team, and then he had a significant head knock, and then he found his way back into the team, and then this year he had an ankle injury all preseason, and then with Kate Dykes. Um, hurting mm. his knee in preseason and Connor walked straight in and said I want to train at fullback I want to play fullback so yeah. I said oh okay Fantastic and we um, you know he developed himself there playing for the Jets and waiting for his opportunity Which he got at centre and then it turns out now he's got his opportunity at fullback so he's really well prepared for it And um little, little energizer bunny that gives the team um, You know it's sort of just full of energy you know Wadey Graham, played his 250 for
3: the club. He's been in the comp, seems like, 20 years. But he yeah. must play a pretty important role to the, mm. to the coaching team, an extension of the coaching team.
4: Yeah, he is. I think um, you'd know this from playing, but sometimes, like, leadership's really hard to measure. Mm. Like, it's... Um, it's not sometimes it's not a tangible output but who who in the face of adversity or under stress or pressure of um it's a hostile environment out there but who's the calm head who's the one that's thinking rationally who's the one that's been there seen it who's the one that they're looking at for confidence and it's weighed for us so um obviously missing um, Dale Fanukin, uh, leaves uh, a bit of a void in leadership there, but I thought um Wade and, and Cam Mickis in particular have stepped up there and, and Nico's a developing um, leader at the moment too, so but yeah, Wade's Wade's um yeah, it's, it's hard to measure his his quality.
1: Yeah, mate, I wanted to ask you, Braden Trindle did a phenomenal job for the team, you know, the first four rounds of the season with Nico Hind out. Uh, he's come back into the team, and he seems to be really finding his feet.
3: That's something different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He's done.
4: Um, he's done a trickle. He had those solid games at the start of the year. Um, obviously, the combination, and um, you know, with with Maddie Moore, and uh, um, what Maddie does, he makes Nico and Will. Kennedy better players and he was obviously um quite consistent for most of the year but um with Braden taking that, that slot, he's um he's really taken it with two hands and you know, we sort of you know, you want competitions the spots I so just wanted more fight from Tricky and once we started developing that fight and come back he's really he's really stepped up and he's kept it simple and his his combination with Nikko's uh growing but it still needs to develop a bit more.
3: Mm. Has he got that smart-ass larrikin like his namesake, Daryl Trindle? <laughs>
4: uh, he's got a bit of cheeky about him, which you want, don't you? Like, you want um, – yeah, I think your half it has got to be a spirit. It's got to be a connector of your team. He's definitely got some cheek in him, but, uh, yeah, the boys love him.
3: Yeah, nice yeah. stuff. Nice stuff. Thursday night, 7.50, Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville. Ninth-place Cowboys hosting fifth-place Sharkies, Craig Fitzgibbon. Good luck on Thursday night, mate. Thanks for joining us on Sports Day.
4: No worries. Thanks, boys.
2: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, trained for the sport you play, Building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. It is Sports Day. Sats
3: here along with uh, Jimmy Smith. And of course, and Daddy Vass joins us as well. And Simon Orchard from Greyhound Racing, New South Wales, the dogs.com.au, home of Greyhound Racing. And don't forget, imagine what you could be buying instead. Now, this man was. I was, I was calling him every name under the sun last week. <laughs> but he's going to get me back on board tonight. How are you, Sam, eh? <laughs>
8: Sorry, Sats. Name was mud around your household last week. Yeah, look, we we can't win them all, mate. Sometimes, and I know this is every punter or every tipster, I should say, saying luckless, luckless. But Palawa King, he's still trying to find the way I out know. of that that race. He still can't get out. So okay, next time, mate. tonight we'll, we'll get some tonight. For
3: exactly. You. We'll be get to that very soon. It's been a big week, hasn't it, for betting in uh, New South Wales.
8: Yeah, it has. Big, big week. Uh, so obviously we had the Nationals, or the New South Wales Nationals last week. So you mentioned that power King race. Zipping Vanessa just shot off and got the money in the end. So she represents New South Wales in the distance race down at the Meadows next Saturday night. Uh, and Modern Swinger. Mm-hmm. a run from Modern Swinger for Chrissy O'Brien. We thought the rails run would suit. Uh, we don't share Ren third from Box 3 and Screaming Jet ran uh, in the placings as well from Box 2. So we knew the rails would help in that race. And Modern Swinger, great dog. And a wonderful bloke, Chrissy O'Brien, he's, he's found a really good litter. Um, the mother was a Golden Easter Egg finalist many, many years ago. And now he's got more Swinger. He's got Mortified and Quantifiable, who is uh, a good little chaser as well. So they represent New South Wales on the national stage. They take on the best from Queensland, Victoria, South Australia, Tassie, all over in Melbourne next week. So that was Thursday night. And then we had the biggest winter adoption day in history. Yes. Mate, that was on Sunday. Timmy Cahill. So back up. Mm. Yeah, Timmy Kay, Who was there? I had to uh, drag myself down to Sydney after a few Sherbies on Saturday, and it was uh, it was tough going early. But once I started seeing these beautiful dogs going out the gate with their new best mate, and it was it was happy days. Um, that's yeah, and that's what we want to see. A lot of these dogs only have, you know a certain racing career, and then we hopefully can find them, as I said, their new best mates or their forever homes. And it was great to see 61 dogs go through that winter adoption day. Uh, Many happy people down there. They were lining up to get into that. That's how keen they were to get their hands on some of these beautiful animals. So it was a wonderful day and a wonderful week for greyhound racing in New South Wales. Done a great
3: job, greyhound racing, over the last few years with uh, the promotion around adopting dogs. I've got to say, a friend of mine's got one. He said it is the easiest animal he's ever had to look after.
8: Yeah, well, they're just so lazy, Sack, and that's what would suit me. You know, I'm a lazy (laughs) bloke. I don't like to... uh, expend a lot of energy, I like to tip winners and um, and lay around on the lounge and you know, greyhounds apparently, I've never owned one, I've got one that lives next door it does bugger all, it literally does four zoomies out in the park, <laughs> runs around my little border colleague chases for days and days and it goes <laughs> home and has a rest so what more could you want from yeah, a beautiful
3: animal nice, now before we get your tips from Winnie Park which is tonight, I don't know how many are going to be watching tonight with the, the tillies on and also Dap Day tomorrow but before we do that fat pizza update, trainer Nick Kilner He has been in touch, hasn't
8: he? (laughs) He has. Uh, He obviously listens to the show. We put him onto it uh, a couple of months ago. So people that regularly follow us, Fat Pete's the dog of the show, uh, unfortunately, never won a race, had 100-odd starts or close to it. Um, And, look, he's a battler, and that's why we love him. That's why we made him the dog of the show. And Nick is a great sport. He got on board a couple of months ago. He listens every Wednesday night just to hear the updates. And the pizza's been off the scene. For a couple of weeks, but I got a text last week after we didn't mention him on the show and it said the pizza is out of the oven and he's spicy and ready to go, (laughs) which is a random message to get from a complete stranger Uh, and then I worked out who it was and then he texted me again this morning saying the same thing, but this time big actual news, fat pizza trial today at Richmond without the blinkers. That. so we know Ooh. the blinkers is a you know a, um, a horse racing yes uh term usually to get the horse to straighten up but they do use them in the greyhounds it's not as common but fat pizza has shed the blinkers who knows maybe that's the reason red why he hot doesn't, <laughs> <Can't> <laughs> he doesn't wait. know where he's going so he'll be soon as well
3: it's part of my bucket list to get a photo with fat pizza and i will get it you're going to organize that for me <laughs> now let's get our tips on yeah, Winnie park can... adapt day to tomorrow
8: yeah, look, we're going to try and get our money in back-to-back races tonight. Race 7, number 1, Lend Me Dad. We're in a really good race last Thursday on that Nationals night. It was just a bit unlucky. Got ran over late by one hot bandit, I think, tonight. Tonight, good draw. Uh, Lend Me Dad, race 7, number 1, one of my favourite dogs. And then race 8, number 8, Zipping Abigail. Probably the best placed greyhound uh, tonight, anyway. And what I mean by placed is got a really good grade drop. has been racing in... Better grade over the last probably two or three months, fourth, fifth mixed grades, non-graded, so basically coming up against really good animals, and tonight goes all the way back to just a pure fifth grade and you're getting a pretty decent little price as well. So anyway, race seven, number one, Lend Me Dad, and race eight, number eight, Zipping Abigail. They're the two best bets at Winter Park tonight. Maybe you can throw them in a little multi with the Tillies. And if you want to have a bet tomorrow, at Adapto, we've got race six, number one, Tour Commander, the best bet on the card. That's six, one. And then race eight, number one, Bandit Jane, in what looks like a really red-hot race as well. So there's a couple of bets. Hopefully you can get around, and hopefully I can redeem myself in the uh, Sattler household.
3: Nice work, yeah, that's nice. I like that, the multi with the uh, the Thedogs.com.au, the home of everything in Greyhound Racing in New South Wales. Simon Orchard, Greyhound Racing, New South Wales. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks, brother. Now imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.
2: Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, train for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is Sports Day. day. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle, Kia Carnival GUV. And World Gym, train for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. This is
3: Sports uh, Day. Yes, it is Sports Day. We are in the home straight. We're about to say goodbye, and everyone is going to be fixed to the SEN radios to listen to the... Tilly's who are about to walk out very soon against England. We're about to have welcome to country. We're about to have, I think, one of the most passionate, Jimmy, one of the most passionate Australian anthems we've seen and heard in a long time.
0: Uh, Just having a look at some of the the crowd that's turning up, they think about 80,000. It's been reconfigured. A course, stadium by FIFA. And as a result of that, we don't get the 82,000 that okay. we might see there on yep. grand final day. So, yeah, so it's about 78, 77,500 Matildas fans and there's about 500 English fans that are creeping in. Those people wondering wasn't uh, why I wasn't involved in those interviews, just to let you know, I've had a, a strong falling out with both Craig Fitzgibbon and Simon Orchard. So just <laughs> 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 I refuse to speak to them and they refuse to speak to me. So uh, it sort of works both ways. So thanks for that, Sats. Sorting to the text line,
3: Jimmy. Let's uh, let's get a couple out before we say goodbye. G'day, Sats and Jimmy. After whipping up some eye fillet steaks with mushroom gravy, chips and salad, my five boys and I will be going ape in the lounge room tonight. Go Tillies, Michael.
0: Good stuff, Mick. Uh, very good. Uh, what about this? Um, Daniel from Prairie Wood, prolific again tonight. He's saying Brian Smith might be someone. That could come in. Yeah. I'm not sure that Brian would be up to that but I I, his credentials would be perfect. Yep. I think. Absolutely. I think.
3: How lucky Jimmy uh, to be part of the greatest show on earth. This is part of the <laughs> whack pack. I just hope he takes what he's learnt tonight back to reserve grade. <laughs> Thank you Stephen.
0: I will Stephen. Uh, did you see the amusing tweet from Davey Warner? Good yeah. luck to the Matildas. Just keep <laughs> an eye out case the Poms asked to change the ball, Tommy from Sydney. Yes, I think uh, tongue firmly planted in cheek there, David Warner, on state of the ball, I would have thought. Sats.
3: Thank you very much, Jimmy, for jumping in tonight. It's been much appreciated. Love the time.
0: Been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you to Daddy Bass. Thanks to all the listeners as well. And, of course, go the Tillies.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Craig Fitzgibbon, Paul Jones, Alicia Carnarvon. And, of course, the Matildas. Let's keep our fingers, our toes, everything crossed. This time tomorrow night, it is all good news. Sats and Jimmy for Sports Day. Have a great night.